Witches take over Salem, the justice system is broken, and Daniel Day-Lewis has some splaining to do, all on today's episode of Rebooted! <laughs> the podcast where we are still recasting classic movie reboots so Hollywood doesn't have to. This week we are recasting The Crucible, starring Daniel Day-Lewis, Winona Ryder, Joan Allen, Rob Campbell, and Paul Schofield. I had never seen this movie, but it is so good. It is dramatic and... Uh, performed so well and award-winning and it, it is prestige filmmaking in its finest and we were going to ruin it with this rule that I came up with today. <laughs> oh, are we going to ruin it more than Winona Ryder's just general performance? <laughs> just her complete lack of just... She picked an accent and then she picked another accent <laughs> and then she decided to do another one and somehow we got this. That's how they talk in Salem. My, my name I cannot sign. Why? Do you mean to deny this confession when you are free? I mean to deny nothing. Then explain to me why you will because not... Because it is my name! Because I cannot have another in my life! Because I lie and sign myself to lies! Because I am not worth the dust on the feet of them you have hanged. I have given you my soul. Leave me my name! Is that document a lie? If it is, I will not accept it. You will give me your honest confession in my hand, or I cannot keep you from the rope. Which way do you go, mister? Um, we're recording this podcast almost 24 hours before the Oscars this year, and no, <laughs> like no movie that we have done could have been better to cast like premier thespians. Uh huh. And instead, I told you the rule <laughs> we're, we're picking, and uh, we're gonna make some kind of movie here, uh, guys. <laughs> Welcome to Rebooted. I am Brian Flynn, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Kenna Trent, where we take a classic Hollywood film and recast that movie as if it was to be rebooted in 2020. This week, we're doing The Crucible, um, a movie that has so many parallels to our own daily lives, political lives, and I just thought, you know, let's just take this one in in a weird space. I'd never seen this. This is this is a wonderful movie. And Had play. you read this? I don't think I read this in school. Really? I can't, I don't remember. I don't remember it. Um, but it is, is you know play written by Arthur Miller and the screenplay classic written American by, yeah. play. Uh, but yeah, there are iconic characters, iconic moments. Daniel Day Lewis is like is like the kid in the school play who is clearly the only person who's going to go anywhere. <laughs> like he is putting everyone else to shame. And I, I bet there were times where they're like, Daniel, you have to fucking knock it off. Like we, like <laughs> I looked this up. So he didn't win an award for this. Did he? I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think he won an award. Your microphone is. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Um, the machinations of these microphones have, have just failed us in such a way, um, much like most of the girls, uh, who were in this movie playing teenagers. Um, 
there's so much to love about this movie. Daniel Day Lewis obviously is the most is the most interesting thing because he is the best actor in the world. I watched this and I was just like, how how do people do this? This is un. He's at a fourteen the whole time. The whole time, and it's. F- fascinating seeing him like I think honestly like Joan Allen is probably the best person um, he's at which is great that she plays his wife because I think she has a completely different energy that she's also serving so intensely yeah that it it works I mean the confession scene where they're like talking to her and she's trying so hard not to accuse him of Mm -hmm. something and he just like breaks down is like I confess like that has John Proctor committed the crime of lechery Answer my question. Is your husband an adulterer? No, sir. Remove her. Elizabeth, I've confessed it. Oh, God. Stop now! That kills me. Everybody else, though, I'm just like, what movie, what crazy 90s comedy did we pull everybody else from and stick them on this set? I thought, um, I thought Paul uh, Schofield was really good. He won a BAFTA for this. Weirdly. He, of all people, won (laughs) an acting award for this. He's good. I also think Rob Campbell is is really good. Yes. I couldn't find Rob Campbell's age. I was right down people's ages, and I was like, how do we not have an age for this man? Um, One website was like, he's 33. I was like, he, so he was eight? (laughs) He's 33 right now? Yeah, I was like, no. No. No, no. Um, All right, before we get way down the road on The Crucible, uh, we have so much more news to get through, and there's a lot of stuff that I... All right, fine. Um, Bambi remake in the works with Captain Marvel, Chaos Walking Writers. Um, I guess Disney is going to shovel back up another classic animated movie and throw it up on a, uh, I'm assuming, a live action. No. Yeah, giving it the live action treatment. Um, Bambi. Bambi, Bambi. Do we need this? No. No. Great. Not if it's going to look like stupid Lion King, not real animals. The Lion King made a billion dollars. But it's so dumb. Like, I don't want to see the same movie, but just computer generated instead of like 2D With worse music or like not as good music. I just don't care. Me neither. Next. Um, I mean, this isn't going to make us any happier. Um, (laughs) All right. If you have children nearby, we're going to have to have conversations with them because they're not going to understand. And we have to explain our world to our youth in a way that they'll (laughs) that they can process. So can please give it to us for real and then we'll deal with it. Okay, Paramount is ready to reboot the Transformers movie. Why? this how is this happening how is this possible what have we done bumblebee came out nine months ago less and it was good it was it was it was fine like i don't know i don't know what is happening none i i there are no words this is dumb this is dumb. This is so dumb. We don't need to do this. Nobody wants to see this. No. I mean, I maybe I'm speaking too broadly, but you shouldn't want to see this. 
But like why like what this is what Variety says. As sources tell Variety, two simultaneous scripts are now in active development, one by James Vanderbilt and one by Joby Harold. Don't know What kind of name is Joby? I don't know. I don't know what this means. I don't know I Parents hug your children. That's all I have to say. All right, let's move on from this nightmare into more nightmare. Gibson, Glover, and Richard Donner are coming back for Lethal Weapon 5. As I believe this was reported by Donner himself at some director's roundtable. But, like, other than that, (laughs) is this really happening? Warner Brothers working on Lethal Weapon 5 with all the uh, main cast members back. Here's the problem with this. One... Danny Glover can barely walk at this point. Two, Mel Gibson is Mel Gibson. What are we doing? Mm -hmm. This is a quote from Dan Lin, who acted as executive producer on Lethal Weapon, the Lethal Weapon TV show. Quote, we're trying to make the last Lethal Weapon movie and Richard Donner's coming back. The original cast is coming back and it's just amazing. The story itself is very personal to him. Mel and Danny are ready to go, so it's about the script. Lies. Lies! I just, Who wants this? Nobody. I'm pretty sure none of these actors even want to do this. Joe Pesci retired. Like, what, what, I don't even know if he's alive in the franchise. Like, these people, this property needs to go away. Go away. It has to stop. I'm sorry, there are some properties that just need to stop. See previous news article. Yeah. Raj, meet your new partner. Um, great. We're on board. Great. This is Whatever. horrifying. There's no, there, we can't stop. We can't stop the blazing hellscape that is Hollywood. The banner of former Marvel Studios president Michael Helfen and Bradley Gallo has won the motion picture rights to the classic pulp crime fighting hero Green Hornet. Womp, womp, womp. So they made a Green Hornet movie in 2011 with Seth Rogen. I, it died... It was directed by Michael Gon- Michelle Gondry. Yeah, immediately it was like immediately after. And what's fascinating is that I think people who liked this the television series based off of radio serials felt kind of it's that thing. It's like it's like the Lone Ranger movie. It's that thing of like there is a it's such a small audience for something like this, especially when you're not trying to make it relevant to kids. Right. There is a fundamental flaw in the property of Green Hornet, which is that Cato is the better character and he's a servant to Green Hornet and Green Hornet sucks. And he was like, like, I don't know how to put this. Like they already addressed that weirdness in the remake with Seth Rogen. And I don't. Oh, my God. I don't know who's who wants this. Who wants any of these properties? I'm going to become an accountant. I think this is is the news cycle that breaks me the most. That really does it. Oh, are we not talking about Cinderella? Oh, yeah. You sent me that. We can talk about it. Let me open up. It's the only joyous news that that has come out of this remake nightmare that is just like. Let's end on a positive. Is it positive news? It's so bananas that it has to be positive. Okay. So um, there is another Cinderella movie happening camila cabello um pop star former member of uh fifth harmony 
before they became no harmony four people um in they released a bunch of casting news this week and some what some of these names are not like the other we'll just say that um so they are casting Minnie Driver great playing the prince's mom she's joining a cast that includes Pierce Brosnan great Billy Porter eh, I can I can see him in there Adina Menzel also can see her well, there Billy Porter's the fairy godmother right uh yes okay also officially joining the cast, James Corden. I mean, this is kind of his shtick. Why not? Um, also, Missy Elliott and John Mulaney? What is going on? Um, <laughs> this cast is so disparate and weird and, and eclectic <laughs> that you have to watch this movie. Like, you, it, what? Missy Elliott and John Mulaney? Here's the thing, though. There are... There is a way that this movie works. For instance, Billy Porter is the fairy godmother. Super fun idea. Mm-hmm. Love that. Even Missy Elliott is going to play a sort of like, they have it in quotes, town crier. I'm assuming almost like a narrator. Uh, kind of a cool idea. Let's do that. John Mulaney is going to be one of the mice. <laughs> Why not? You lose me a little at casting Camilla Cabello as Cinderella because she's not... She an act. I always. I was an like actress, and I just. She, I, act? I don't. I just don't trust her. <laughs> it's Cinder. It's Cinderella. It's also, just we so just weird. made a Cinderella. Yeah, I know. I just. I, what is happening? I. It just feels like they're making fun of us. <laughs> it feels targeted. Feels like they're making fun of us. Like Disney is sitting in meetings, going, you know what. Let's just make it like I know we just made Cinderella. Let's just like remake Cinderella. Like who cares? I don't know. And we're all like, <laughs> it also doesn't seem like this is going to be like. On one hand, it is going to be a a massively musical Cinderella, like based on Camilla Cabello. I can't fucking say her name. Camila Cabello. <laughs> Based on Camilla Cabello and Missy Elliott and James Corden producing, like, there's going to be music here. Mm-hmm. But then, like, John Mulaney, uh, wh- I mean, other than the Les Mis lobster at a diner sketch, which is one of the funniest sketches on SNL, I, I'm just like, what is going on? Like, I don't know. I, I don't know. We just can't. We can't get bogged down. Let's talk. Let's talk about this movie because we can't get. We can't get bogged down in this any more than we've already been bogged down in it. All right, guys. This is our reboot of The Crucible. Oh, John, give me a soft word. No, Abby, that's done with. I'm waiting for you every night. You cannot. I never gave you hope to wait for me. I have something better than hope. Child. How do you call me child? Wipe it out of mind, you must. I'll not be coming for you more. You're surely sporting with me. You know me better. I know how you sweated like a stallion whenever I come near you. I saw your face when she put me out. You loved me then, and you do now. Abby, I may think of you softly from time to time but I will cut off my hand before I reach for you again. We never touched. Hi. But we did. 
Man, she is so thirsty for him. And for good reason. John Proctor is the finest man. <laughs> In Salem Village. 1642 Salem had ever seen. It's, but it's so, it's so egregious because truly everyone else is like costuming is very like traditional and, and like you would assume it is. And then you see Daniel Day-Lewis in that field threshing wheat for the first time and you're like, damn, where did this man come from? (laughs) There were some scenes where I'm like. He kind of looks like Van Helsing. He kind of like, <laughs> Oh my gosh. He kind of looks like This costuming is very, very Hugh Jackman's Van Helsing, <laughs> Van Helsing including hat and hat, large leather coat. The huge hat. That's so funny. The duster. Uh, the Crucible is directed by Nicholas Heitner, uh, director of such movies as The Madness of King George and The Lady in the Van. Not a lot of uh, big big movies to his name. I think he's more of a producer, but um, he's directed a, a phenomenal performance across the board. Mm-hmm. And we're going to spoil it with the rule that I gave you, because you this is your movie. I, I picked this movie. So uh, I the rule this week is that we're only picking SNL cast members um, who have been on the show for at least three seasons. Two, I'll allow two seasons, but no one hit wonders here. Like, So I have a question, because I picked two casts. What? I picked a cast that I think could feasibly work in a dramatic way. And then I picked a cast that is truly insane. Which do I go with? I just picked I just picked the I don't know who I I picked both insane and people that maybe could do it. I don't know. Should we say both? There's so many (sighs) SNL cast members. Yeah, but okay, so um And say what you want about SNL. Like, I know that a lot of people are like, they they might not, it might not be their favorite or anything, but SNL um, has really been a staple of political satire for like 40 years. And I think Mm -hmm. with everything that we've had to endure uh, with our own government and our own country for the last fucking forever, it seems like now, uh, I thought it'd be fun to pick. From a pool of people who could at least make a smile as we talk about some of the themes of this movie. Yes. So whether you want to pick, I'll give it up to you. If you want to pick a dramatic version, I'm going to give you that my cast as if that we're doing a dramatic retelling of this play or okay. movie. Or if you want to do a stupid kind of satire comedy, it'll also work. So I'll leave it up to in your hands. This is this is your movie. Okay. I put the rule. I pick the rule, but you'll pick the direction that we go. Oh gosh, I mean, I guess it's more interesting to try to make it dramatic. But I don't know some of my picks for. It, here's the thing: if we say it's dramatic and we say who we picked, it's literally just immediately going to be comedy. So let's say dramatic. Let's just see. Like, okay. Let's, hold, let's put it. Okay. Put our cast feet to the fl- to the fire. I okay. Guess. Or their neck to the noose. That's a little more apt. Um, oh. Uh, yeah, a little, a little background on The Crucible if you guys haven't watched it. I don't know how many people watch the movies that we pick, but the, the Crucible is a play about the Salem Witch Trials where a group of young women are caught dancing in the woods, and it creates this mass hysteria of the devil possessing people in this good town, and there's no way to prove it and so it's all right. finger pointing and slander and the word of others it's mob justice basically yeah and caught in the fire is daniel day lewis and his wife and it's about how jealous teenage girls ruin the lives of an entire town town yeah um 
All right. Well, let's start with John Proctor, <laughs> played by Daniel Day-Lewis, like a fucking unbelievable tour de force actor. Um, you, you watch this and you're like, no one else can do this. No like, one else can do it. It is so remarkable. Like, guys, Daniel Day-Lewis killing it today. I mean, I know he's retired five times, but always killing it in the 90s, nailing these uh, period film performances we love to see it um and he has so many great one-liners in this movie it's weird like it's and i think that's what is so remarkable about the play itself is that it is it works Mm -hmm. like even watching it now like you kind of expect it to sound like i don't know like a like a high school production but there are so many moments where you're like this is good writing this is really good writing i love the scene where they're talking about they're sort of like pre-interrogating Elizabeth Proctor and him. And they're talking about how like they can say they're they know their commandments and he's like naming them all. And then he pauses and his wife is like adultery, John. Aye. Aye, you see, between the two of us, we do know them all. I think it'd be a small fault. You know, the commandment Gosh. that you forget all um, the time. Uh, I love when he Gosh. screams, God is dead. I was like, that's so rock and roll. <laughs> it's like, so yes. rock and roll. There is a, there's a video on YouTube that's like the crucible in five mi- in five seconds. And the five seconds is him going, I think God is dead. <laughs> um, okay. So for my John Proctor, mm-hmm. I picked Jason Sudeikis. That is the obvious choice. Yes. And my number two. I went back and forth with him, but I, and I know people, pro- I think people have opinions about Jason Sudeikis as an actor. Um, I would be very fascinated to see this performance. I agree. I, the weird thing that I was thinking about is that like, this is so mean of me to say this, but he seems like the kind of guy who... <laughs> He would have an affair with like a much younger woman. You know what yeah, I mean? yeah, I think that's all right to say. It's uh, I agree with you. Like I, I think that's he plays he play okay he plays like John Jason Sudeikis plays the everyman very well. He could play. Uh, the weird thing is like I really hated that movie that he and Allison Brie were in. Oh, the rom com, sleep, sleeping with other, other people? people. Yeah, it was just not my favorite. But I, I agree with the choice. Um. Of being someone who's sort of caught in the fever of hysteria about who did what and who's under the influence of the devil and all this. And he's this man trying to, like, get his life back on track. That That's uh, – yes, I agree with you. So who was number one? Okay, so <clears> – <throat> uh, this is really hard because John is the most tempered character. You know, he's the one who realizes mm-hmm. – what these trials really are. And Daniel Day-Lewis gives what should have been an Oscar award-winning performance. Which brings me to my choice. (laughs) Which actor from SNL do you think is most likely to win an Oscar? (laughs) Bill Hader? Yeah, maybe. Um, But this year he got snubbed. I picked the Sandman. Adam (laughs) Sandler? Yes, of course. Adam Sandler, 2020. This This is awful casting, and I know that. (laughs) Especially in comparison to Daniel Day-Lewis. But he's my choice, and I'm sticking with it. Because okay. I rewatched parts of Punch Drunk Love. Okay. And he's so 
fucking good. And that scene with him on the phone with Philip Seymour Hoffman, and they're just like swearing back and forth. It's like Sandler is not. Sandler is a good actor. He's not a good thespian. Uh huh. Um, but what's so what's so arresting about him sometimes is like sometimes he'll give these like emotional performances that you're mm-hmm. like, why is the fucking why is Billy Madison able to do this stuff? Yeah. Um, I admit it is not good casting for John Proctor, but come on, <laughs> Adam Sandler. Knowing. I'm just thinking about the things that he would need to say and do, and it's... The biggest hurdle is the language in this movie. It's almost Shakespearean. Yeah. And I don't know if anyone... I don't know who could actually do that from 40 years of SNL. But here's the thing, is that if this if this were an updated version of this story, uh-huh. absolutely. But if it takes place in, in Salem. 1640-whatever Salem. Adam Sandler <laughs> will be begging for the noose by the end of this movie. He's like, let me go back to Netflix and make all my all my movie, movies with my buddies like Listen, Rob Schneider. And... He's threatened to do it. I know. I believe he will pull through. Anyways, that I told you I was going to throw some bombs in this cast. But, like, but there it is. I, I just sort of think that like... The story of John Proctor, I think, is something that Sandler could do. He's someone who stepped out on his wife and he has scenes with Abigail and is just like, no, I'm rejecting you. I'm rejecting you. Like, leave mm-hmm. my family alone. Scenes with his wife explaining, like, I said, I'm sorry. I'm trying to do better. Like, um, I, you never give me a chance. And then, like, he always plays characters that are sort of outside the establishment. Weirdly. Mm-hmm. Weirdly. I'm fighting too hard for this. I'm fine with this. <laughs> to make it work it won't work it'll work but this is the choice you made of course all right let's move on to abigail williams played by in several aspects by winona writer um who's sometimes scottish and sometimes irish and sometimes old english and sometimes just modern english like i it's so i i feel bad because i don't think winona has a fair shake at this she is not an actress who disappears into roles she is Winona Ryder playing a character. And I mean, I think we kind of discussed that uh, when we did Dracula um, and that it's hard to remove her as a as an actor from like looking at what she's doing. Uh, And this was a, a very what am I? This is a great example of that, because like. We kind of want somebody who, like Daniel Day-Lewis, just becomes, like, sits in the world. And the whole time I was just like, what? Can she not just, like, speak plainly? I didn't really dive into this, but I just kept thinking, like, there must have been some other actress when known as age to have done this. Like, a Kate Winslet would have just fucking nailed this. But I don't know. I don't know what their age difference is. But Also, at that point, she didn't have the star star power. power. Yeah. Um, Abigail Williams is not the best champion for women is she like I really is it's a true villain in the sense that like well it's interesting because in 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 one way I think she is a little sympathetic and I think it's because when when the idea first enters her mind that she could so she goes to Tichuba and is like, me and my me and my girls, we wanna we want a love spell. And Tichuba 
probably in her head is like, these white girls think I'm going to think I can do this. So let's just see what we can do. (laughs) She takes them out into the forest. They do a little chant. There's a fire. They're all like trying to get these boys to fall in love with him. And we find out that Abby has got the hots for John Proctor. And Abby goes way too far. Like, oh my Abby's, the, so Abby's the girl at the party who crashed into the coffee table <laughs> and like is like just shouting sort of like racial slurs. And you're like, what are you doing, Abby? Like, she's like all these other girls that like brought like sage to burn. And she literally rubs chicken <laughs> blood. blood on her face. No wonder people were like, this woman is into the dark magic. And she has the gall later to be like, we were all there. And if you say, she's like, we dance, that's it. And if you say anything else, I will come to your room at night and stab you. And you're like, this is the craziest sorority sister in the house. This is straight up (laughs) the crazy one in the house. This is Michael Shannon reading the sorority girl letter level absolutely insanity and so when then when like Tituba, when they approach Tituba and Tituba's like you're not going to catch me slipping <laughs> and she tries to blame um she tries to blame other women in the town immediately Abby's the one to be like I'm going to get Elizabeth Proctor real good and First so of all, she Tituba, snatches that right up Tituba's face when she starts blaming all the white girls in the house I was just I was laughing because there's a shot where she's just like, I cannot believe this is working. Him come to me one stormy night and him say, Tituba, look, I has white people belong to me. And I look, I look, and there was Sarah Good. I knew it. Bless you, Tichba. Aye, and good yours, born. I knew it. Oh. They were midwives to me three times, and my babies shriveled in their hands. It's yeah. so obvious. But it's because she's trying to save her own skin, as she should be, and then Abby takes it to the next level. And so to a certain degree, you're like, I get it. She never thought it would go this far. But then you turn on that same dime, and you're like, she also, though doesn't just want like John to like leave his wife. She wants her to die. Well, he could never leave his wife. Like due to the circumstances of that day, like yeah. Right. Um Elizabeth has to die. Yes. And Abby's of the mind that she's gonna do it. Well, I can't believe people believed her, but then again I was like it back then people thought the world was flat. So yeah. you know what? People today think the world is flat. So I get And it. it made sense to them if they were like like the world felt so mysterious. It made sense to them that if someone said if someone first of all would admit to being in league with the devil and then admit that they had seen other people there, I think they were like, Well, if you said that you had made some sort of contract with him then sure, we have to believe you when you say, I saw every other woman in town there. Yeah. Oh, well, she's trash. <laughs> it's, my um, pick. it's my pick. Yeah. Um, it's, it's it's just a weird coincidence. I picked an actual Abby. I picked Abby Elliott. Oh. Uh, daughter of Chris Elliott. I know that was last week's rule, but... Um, <laughs> Here's the weird thing about SNL. You don't have it's to like, show off. It's like you. I needed to pick a young person... But that had already been on SNL for a long time. And mm-hmm. it, there is a new cast member who probably would have been great, but she's only been on for like a year. Yeah. I don't even know her name. But um, Abby Elliott is, is a, 
does a lot of character work, and I feel like that could be that could come into play to play someone like Abby, who's like this really manipulative teenage, you know, lovelorn youth. Um, Abby Elliott is 32, and I think when she joined SNL, she was like 24. That's crazy. I only that's think really like, young. That's really young. I only think Pete Davidson was like a younger Eddie Murphy and Pete Davidson were probably the two younger, yeah, younger than them. But um, yeah, that's what I picked. I think that's a great choice. Thank you. Um, this was probably the most difficult one to do because she is very young, and so you kind of have to pick someone who could play young, mm-hmm. but also do this somewhat well. Um, I picked Nassim Pedrad, yeah. and I think it works on many levels, but I think she is just one of those people who, like, I would buy her doing a lot of different things. Like, I think her character work is very funny. She didn't really get a lot of credit for that on SNL. Um, But she would come up with these, like, weird, weird characters that would get a little play at, like, the very end of the show. But were interesting. Anytime she had to play a kid, it was so funny. Yeah. And her Kim Kardashian is so funny. Also, to a certain degree, I thought about that, that sketch that SNL did. Uh, where they were talking about all of the Oscar movies for that year, but Bill Hader played Daniel Plainview and Amy Poehler played his son. (laughs) And so for two seconds, I thought about that because I was like, I just can't imagine because I can hear Bill Hader's voice being like, No! No! I'm abandoning my child! I'm abandoning my boy! I'm abandoning my child! Oh, here he is. He's right here. And so I thought about, like, she would have never, I would have never picked her, but it would have been funny just because she also plays a great kid. And I just would have loved for her to be like, I'm 19. It it would have been like her in Wet Hot, where she plays the, yeah, like the teen camp leader. Um, Yeah, I think as crazy as we're making this, I think Nassim would do great. Let's move on to Elizabeth Proctor, played by Joan Allen. Um, what's hard is that like this isn't it's a really hard character because there's not a lot to do it's she's sort of just like a victim the whole time you know what I mean mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. she's not very proactive like she she's basically a woman who's been cheated on by her husband and is trying to just really try and keeping it going and then she yeah. gets arrested and disappears for a large chunk of it and then at the trial it's just heartbreaking to watch her just fail this test because yeah. she's trying to protect him uh. So heartbreaking. Um, you're up. Um, okay, so for my Elizabeth Proctor, I picked Cecily Strong. Yeah. Who, again, I love, and I'm not sure she gets the love she deserves for how good she is. She's really good. Because she's one of the really reliable people on the show. Uh-huh. And I can just see, I could see her doing this in a really funny way, but I think I could also see her doing it in a very dramatic way of her sort of needing to be the supportive, like, she's not protesting too much. But she also is checking John in many ways. Yeah, I mean, I, yes, I agree with you. She was on my she was on my list as well. She's she has this weird thing where you're just like she's she's just good. Yeah, it's really strange. It's like Maya Rudolph. Like you're just good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I like that pick. I considered her. I ended up picking because Adam Sandler is fifty three <laughs> years old, fifty six years old, Wild. no, fifty three years old. Um. I ended up picking Kristen Wiig because I I don't know how this couldn't be Kristen Wiig for me because, uh-huh. and I think in the, all the circumstances that Elizabeth has to be in, I think Kristen Wiig can play that. I, again, are we doing this dramatically or are we doing this for comedy? Like, 
when they come in to sort of test the proctor's religious strengths, mm-hmm. um, I just I Kristen Wiig can give some of that nervous energy that she sometimes yeah. can do. I also just the at the trial where she has to like say that her husband cheated on her, and then finds out that he told the court. Yeah, I I just I laugh every time I see Kristen Wiig being in that moment, just being like. Oh. Um, I, I love Kristen Wiig. I don't know anyone yeah, who hates Yeah, she's Kristen. incredible. I think that's a really solid choice. Thank you. Yeah, I, I still don't know if I'm casting a straight comedy or some weird art piece with uh, yeah, I don't, in a drama. It, this is like meta in a crazy uh, way. Really I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. It's one of these things where we have to talk about the major themes and structures and messages and morals of this movie because they're so important to us. But also SNL is a whole different beast. It is. Like, and like... I, for so many of these people, I'm like thinking about them saying these lines mm-hmm. and it is, it's, it's hard. It's so it's hard. It's hard. <laughs> Cause like I'm thinking about, there's like a part where they're talking about, uh, where like, I think Abby's trying to like defend herself and she's saying something about how like, um, the devil often makes her like laugh mm-hmm. during prayer and somebody else chimes in and is like, I, she she often laughed during prayer. And I'm like, what SNL cast member is going to say that in a serious way? I don't know. It, I don't it, want them to. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want it to be serious. I've put us in a mental pretzel and it's just, it's this is great. All right, let's go to Reverend Hale, played by Robert Campbell, who I guess was eight when he played the role. <laughs> or is completely ageless, no one he did. Knows. He did have that great berries and cream uh, hairstyle. <laughs> First time I've talked about the berries and cream kid on this podcast. <laughs> um, uh, oh, definitely not because we've done the three musketeers. Yeah. Berries and cream, berries and cream, all the little letters, berries and cream. Yeah. Um. So, I when you first see this guy show up, I think in my head I was like. The first time I saw this, I think I was like, I'm not going to like this guy. And then by the end of the movie, you are on this man's side so hard as he's like pleading with people to just save their lives and like deal with it later. He's the only one who realizes it's almost weird. Like he realizes that our nation should be run on logic and laws and not superstition and religion. Like, well, what's fascinating about it is that it does have that parallel of like they bring in. So initially when they think the devil is loose in Salem, they bring in Reverend Hale and he comes in and he's like, well, like I'm, I'm well studied in this. Let's see what it says. And then when they think they find evidence of it and they bring in a judge to take over all of the sudden, like, even the reverend at the end of the day is like, guys, it's gone far enough. But at by that time, the influence has been taken over so strongly in the courts that like they don't even trust their like spiritual leader at this point because they're just so far down the line of like, which if I can yeah. get political for a second, let's do it. It's exactly what is exactly what the conservative right wing people have fully fallen into. Like they are completely ignoring the their spiritual leaders who have completely gone the other direction and are like, guys, is this what Jesus would have wanted? No, 
Kenna's not wearing an Andrew my, Yang t-shirt. Not. <laughs> I just feel so strongly. No, that, you're like, right. It's absolutely. You watch this movie and it it it's unbelievable. It stressed me out how easy yeah. it is that people can just see guilty in things that aren't there, and then yeah. when like evidence is presented that's clearly factual that maybe some people had a fucking non-perfect phone call. Oh, here I go. Uh, okay. Um, who'd you... Uh, it's, um, my, it's my turn. I Yeah, it's your turn. I wanted to pick one of the new kids. Um, oh. I picked Mikey Day, weirdly. I love Mikey because Day. Because whole, the whole thing about the turn, he I can't really pinpoint exactly which sketch he does this in, but like there's a lot of sketches where he plays sort of the man who's realizing things are getting out of control and is trying to get everything kind yeah. of back onto, onto track. Um, I, I think, uh, I mean, the only thing that kind of comes into mind is I think he's one of the people in the, the like alien abduction sketches <laughs> with, um, with Kate McKinnon, Kate McKinnon is and, that and, insane yeah. character. Um, but, but I just sort of see him as someone who comes in as like a true believer and then realizes that like, this is just a kangaroo court yeah. and there's nothing we can do to save anybody here. It's just madness. And he, I, I, I actually ended up watching this movie twice Mm -hmm. second time i just sort of skipping through like more of the major parts i didn't realize that um reverend hale quits the court yeah he's like i'm i'm no longer part of this like this is for my own good name i I cannot be a part of this and i was just like wow like that is a real transformation from when he comes in and he's got like a book on the devil yeah and he's trying to like suss out uh this movie's good, and it's I've just, ruined this cast. It just works on so, it works on so many levels, and I think it's a testament to good writing. If we can rebuild our faith in in ourselves as writers, let's do that. Let's do Brian. that, guys. Like it's a testament to what good writing is. Like it stands the test of time. It can probably be done by literally anyone and still be good. Yeah, in many different forms. Even if this was a satire. It would probably still, still be really good. Yeah. Um, it would just be performed differently. But I think Mikey Day is a really great choice. I think he is also a really, he's new-er. And I feel like people sort of feel wishy-washy about the cast right now because there's a lot of, there's been a lot of transition. And I don't know if people feel fully invested in these people. <clears throat> Mikey Day has been around for quite a while. Like, yeah. I remember watching, like, internet videos of him in the early days mm-hmm. of, like, E-Bomb's world and being like, this guy's super funny. Now he's on SNL. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to the David Blaine Street Magic videos. <laughs> um, and he's wearing Space Camp. Who we talked and about he's wearing Space Camp. Um, so I picked something that I feel like this is a really obvious choice, and it might be shaded by something he's done recently. Um, but I picked Taryn Killam for my Reverend Hale. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. it's a great choice. He was King George choice. in Hamilton for a little while. Yeah. And that maybe had a little something to do with it. You know, you can just see him with little shoes of buckles on him or something. Yeah. But um, I, w- I want to see this. I th- This is a choice I feel really good about. Like, I think he would he would nail Reverend yeah. Hale. Yeah, he's great. It's, yes. I'm trying to, like, I wish I had the sketch. I wish I had wrote the sketches in, in my head for my cast. But I'm, and I'm still now having difficulty pulling... The only sketch from Terry and Killam that I remember is when him and Chris Pratt are like Kyle Mooney's toys come to life and he's Lion-O and Chris Pratt is He-Man. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And they're just like smashing cake on their face yes. and, and their crotch. And they're like, this feels good, Danny. I touched this to that part and it felt good. <laughs> Why? I like 
like it. But I think weirdly, he is one of those people who like, like he was on SNL and he's a super funny guy, but also like he could, he's just a great actor. Yeah. Like he just happened to be on SNL for a and while. And he's married to um, Kobe Smulders. Yeah. We love, we love Winner. a Hollywood Dude, couple. One life. All right. Let's <laughs> move on to Judge Thomas Danforth, played by Paul Sch- Schofield, who I thought I thought was great. But it's like, how do you not give? How do you give this man an award and not give Joan Allen an award and not give certainly not give Daniel Day Lewis an award? It's really strange. It's just wrong to not give Daniel Day Lewis awards. <laughs> Maybe the argument can say like. You could probably feel Daniel Day-Lewis acting, and Paul Schofield, I thought that he was just a a 17th century Puritan judge, Mm -hmm. like, that they just got off the street, and they're like, oh, you you be in this movie. Like, maybe you could say, like, he disappears in the role a bit more, but I don't know. Um, Who'd you pick? (laughs) Um, For my judge, Danforth, I picked Daryl Hammond. Mm, I love Daryl Hammond. Sure, there's a chance that no matter what he did, it would come out wrong. Yeah. But I'm ready to take that chance because he's so funny. <laughs> he is really funny. I miss him being on the show. Like, he used to come in and do little spots, like, mm-hmm. reprising, like, Bill Clinton. But now he's just the announcer. And I'm like, I want to see him again. But I don't want to see him as Bill Clinton. Yeah. I don't. He and, like, he and like Dana Carvey. Do, Dana Carvey's such a ham now that it's, like... Dana Carvey, all Dana Carvey wants to do is his old bits. And I'm like, I don't care about Church Lady. I'm sorry. Like, you're one of the funniest people that the show ever had, but I don't. It's not precious. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, Um, I agree. But that's a great pick for this sort of uppity New England man of God who's just so he fucks this up so much. Like, he's really so bad at this. Yeah. And that scene in the in the judge where uh, in the in the court where you think it's all going to be sorted out, and then the other judge is like, "If it's all pretend, then have a pretend now." And it's like, "What the fuck does that have to do with anything?" And then the girl can't do it because she's so nervous, and you're like, "Oh God!" It's it's like a play of just just if just one thing had changed. Yeah. Um. Nineteen people would have lived <laughs> maybe six more years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're so close. Um, my pick, I picked the god himself. I picked John Lovitz. Fascinating. Uh, this is pure fan service. Um, I, I don't know, but I don't know what you can say about John Lovitz because you can't. He's so funny. This is a pick where you're just like, okay, you're doing comedy now. Yeah. Like... I don't know if he's ever done any. Like, League of Their Own is the most serious movie that he's done. <laughs> it's not serious. And even then, he's just the funniest man in that movie. John Lovitz was my crazy choice. My so far in the other direction comedy yeah. choice. And um, you went there. I love when Danfor- Danforth um, screams at Reverend Paris. So Abigail takes, she steals all this money from Reverend Paris, who's her uncle. Or he's like the guy taking yes. care of her because Abby's parents are he's dead. He's her uncle, yeah. And then she goes to John in jail and she's like, we can run away. And John's like, the next time we meet won't be on a ship. It will be in hell. And you're like, fuck. And then Abby leaves. And the next scene is Parrish being like, I'm broke. I'm a broke. I'm a broke man. I'm penniless now. And Danforth just looks at him and goes, you are a brainless man. And I was just like, I want to I want to call someone that so bad when it's. <laughs> But only when it's really deserved. I just thought that was great. And hearing John Lovitz in my head. <laughs> oh, chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. 
You just know what it would be in such a real way. And that's great. Let's move on to. Um, that was great. Let's move on to our old friend, B Peps. Mm-hmm. Guys, where's Barry Pepper go? This is interesting because Barry Pepper in a cast of SNL cast members in this play. Who Who, who is he? Yeah, I don't know. I, it's weird. Like, so obviously he's the host. <laughs> he's the host of the play. He comes out. They announce him. He does a little monologue. Uh, he's the one who says, everyone silence your cell phones. Uh, Prepare. He does the monologue where he walks through the studio, 8H or whatever, the NBC studios. <laughs> um, I made him Reverend Paris. I just made him Bruce okay. Campbell. Uh, Bruce Campbell? Is that? Not Bruce Campbell. Bruce um, Bruce Davidson. No. It's Bruce Davidson. Bruce Davidson. Um, I just, I just thought, you know. That's it was it. him or Punky Brewster's He's the guy. stepdad. Huh? The guy who was in Punky Brewster was the other rev- one of the other reverends. I don't know nothing about him. Come on. Brewster. Sorry. Come on. Don't hurt me like that. Don't be mad. Don't be mad because- but You were born in 1996? I'm, I'm young and vibrant. <laughs> I wish. Um, no, I don't wish. Um, I don't want to be younger. Where'd you put, where'd you put him? Um, I made him Thomas Putnam. Is that played the- by Jeffrey Jones. Is that Proctor's neighbor? No. He is uh, uh, Francis Conroy's husband. Oh, the guy who steals land? Yes. Yeah. Um, Mostly just because Jeffrey Jones is a problem. And I wanted to put a really solid person. That's a good point. Jeffrey Jones is a problem. He's in jail now. Okay, that's a fun little lighthearted thing to <laughs> to start on or to end on. Um, great. I don't have any other notes. I think we fairly talked about this movie in a actual straightforward way while also yep. talking about comedians and making it fun and lighthearted and weird and, and goofy. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess my only thing is going back to old Sandman. Can you imagine? You can see him screaming because that's my name, right? But in a weird Happy Gilmore way. And I think that's great. <laughs> I can see it. And I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, would you remake this movie? <clears throat> yeah, I think I would. I would too. I would not remake it the way we have proposed. Absolutely not. Um, but yeah, I'd remake this movie. I, yeah, for sure. Especially because it'd be easy. Yeah. You don't have to change a single thing about it. You don't have to change anything. But now I'm curious who I would have cast if I had just every option open to me. Well... That's a that's a time for a conversation for another podcast. Maybe <laughs> maybe in our two two hundred and fiftieth oh episode, we'll come back to the Crucible and actually recast the Crucible. Um, no, I think we what we have done is an absolute abomination today. <laughs> <laughs> to Arthur Miller, wherever you are, if you're still alive or or in kicking, we're so sorry. We're so sorry. I do we not did this think too. Arthur Miller is alive. <laughs> I don't think so either. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Rebooted. If you like this episode, please tell your friends and family. Please check out our past episodes. Please stick with us next, next, um, I don't know if it's next episode or the episode after, but I, I th- we're going to have a good one for you. 
Um, we always have good ones for you. You just said that like we have decided what we're doing for the next episode or the one after. Well, I I'm gonna really pitch hard for one that I already that I already mentioned to you. But um, oh, uh, yeah, check us huh. out online. Can us where can the people find us? This is just a one-sided podcast now. Uh-huh. Brian knows everything that's going on. We're we're back into the antiquated. I know nothing. New world, new world or old world or I don't know what I'm trying to say. <gasps> Brian Puritan t- law. Brian tells me what we do, <laughs> and I just have to say yes. Goody Trent. <laughs> Where can the people find us? Good wife, Trent. Um, you can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcast. Stop by and leave us a rating and a review. That's the best way to help us out. Um, you can also find us now on Ko-fi, where you can go to make a very small donation to help keep us making this podcast. That link is in our description and all over Twitter. Speaking of Twitter, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at RebootedPod. It's all one handle now. That's awesome. Have you resolved the issue of selling your Instagram handle since yes. last week? Yes. And I'll reveal the results <laughs> next pod. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. Cory! Ma! Wait!